welcome uh, to a new year. Uh, welcome to Advent uh, as, we, uh, as we begin this Advent season. Um, as I've been praying and, and kind of reflecting on what our, uh, just kind of a way to prepare well for coming, the coming of Christmas, um, I, a story came up, maybe a story kind of lift came to the surface this, uh, uh, this week. I, um, so you may not know this about me. Um, when I was a kid, I had a like one absolutely insane fear. Um, I, I was, I was scared for most of my young life, like of sleeping in my own bed. Um, and the reason why, um, it was not like a Monsters Inc. kind of situation where like I was afraid that a monster was in my closet or under my bed or anything like that. Um, I, I remember like I was watching a movie one night with my parents, um, and my mom and dad, they would leave Lifetime on all the time, always. And it was just like all these terrible shows. It's basically like Shakespeare plays. Um, everybody's either gets married or everybody dies. Like that's the, that's the in-between, right? Um, well, like we, my mom had Lifetime on one day, and I, I guess it just clicked in my mind. Um, there was this one scene where a kid got, got abducted out of their bed. And for all so much of my young life, I was freaked out that somebody was going to come into our house and take me. And when I told my parents about this, their first response was, don't worry, if they take you, they'll bring you back. And I was like, I love y'all so much. Thank you. That's awesome. Shows how much y'all enjoy me being around. But so like it got, so to, point, it got to the point that like we had like the, the pile of locks on the door, right? We had a chain that had to be on the door. We had a, we had a, uh, a deadbolt. We had the regular lock. Like, I needed to know before I went to bed at night that all these locks were done because then I'd be safe in the house. And even then, I was still afraid like, to sleep in my own room or alone. And it was just like this weird fear that I had going on. And my mom, I remember one day, was just asking me, she's like, when are you going to stop doing this? Like, you can't be like shaving and sleeping in like the, the, the living room. Or like, you can't, like, this can't work. And I was like, I, I don't know. I think part of it, though, was the, the fear was rooted in something that just wasn't real. Right? Like, down, down to it, like, the fear was just really, a, it was something that was rooted in something that just wasn't real. Nobody was coming to stop at 3441 Highway 1 to come steal the kid in the second bedroom and then run away. Like, our house wasn't big enough to, like, attract those kind of people, right? Like, it wasn't like they were going to get much of a ransom, and if they knew me, they probably would bring me back, right? But the reality was, is that for my little mind, for my little, like, my, my little, you know, elementary school mind, like, I was petrified because for me, the anxiety was very real. It was a possibility. I, I think, and this is something that I've been just listening a lot and in, in working with not only college kids these last couple of years, but high school kids and younger people and just like something that's going on in our culture is that we have this absolute explosion of anxiety. Anxiety, a, a way to define anxiety, one of the best ways I've ever, that I've heard it defined was very simple. It's the fear of the unknown. There's all these possibilities, and I'm afraid that of some of them. And I'm not in control of any of them. But there's all these possibilities and, and I'm, I'm, I'm freaked out. And if I'm triggering you right now, I apologize. But what, what, what drives away fear, what drives away anxiety, what drives away those things is when we, when we meet and touch and experience something 
that is real. As we, as we enter into Advent, I mentioned it last week in my homily, but as we enter into Advent, we got to know the person that is coming into the world at Christmas. If we don't know who Jesus is, then all we're doing this Advent season is we're very simply preparing for an event, right? All we're doing is, is we're just making sure that the tree is up and that the presents are there and wrapped in that Amazon or UPS didn't lose it. Right? I throw UPS in there because my brother-in-law works with UPS. But anyway, um, like I, 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 we, we make sure that all the stuff is in and ready to go and the food, like Thanksgiving part two has to take place, but we might go to the, other, to the in-law's house as opposed to my family's house and oh, okay, right? Like we can go through all of the, the details and all the stuff of preparing these next few weeks before we get to Christmas, but if we're not preparing for a person, it's really hard to prepare for a person who we don't know. And I think the first thing we need to pay attention to is that this person is real. Jesus is not just an idea. Jesus is not just a genie that I pray three Hail Marys and He gives me what I want. But Jesus is a real person. He's a real person that still is here, that still wants to be with us, that still is accessible to us, that still has a relationship with us. He's real. In the old translation of the Mass, there used to be uh, at the Mystery of Faith, uh, because, you know, whatever it was, 15 years ago or so, we, we translated some of the stuff. And, but there was an old, one of the Mysteries of Faith was Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again, Right? that Christ is risen is a very, very important theological point because Jesus did not die and go away. Jesus is still with us. He's here, he's now, and he's real. And if that's the case, then he is accessible to us. That he wants to be involved in our life. You see, in our first reading today, Isaiah knew this about God. Isaiah saw this continuing to play itself out with God over and over and over in the Old Testament, over and over and over, all through Genesis, Exodus, that God was continuing to reveal Himself. He was continuing to work with His people. He was continuing to prove the reality that He was real. God creates the world. The, 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 the fact that we have life is a testament to God's realness. Because if he ever disappears, then guess what? Poof, we go too. Over and over and over again, in the Jewish world, they had moments where God stepped into the world and proved how real he is. They're in slavery in Egypt. He proved how real he was by setting them free with all of the plagues. He was, they, they were trapped between the Egyptians and the Red Sea. He proved how real he was by opening up the Red Sea. He they needed a law and guidance. He proved how real he was on Sinai whenever he gave the Ten Commandments. You threw him down and broke him, he gave it to him again, right? He did it over and over all through the Old Testament. And what is it that Isaiah says today? Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Isaiah touches on the reality that God over that, that God throughout the early part of, of, of salvation history proved himself to be real. And what he says is, is, Lord, your people need you. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. 
Oh, that you would rip heaven apart, rip open the sky, and step down to meet your people. There's some violence in that language. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. We could translate it as, God, I need you for your people right now to be real. I need you right now to show yourself. Prove without a shadow of a doubt that you are who you say you are. Prove without the shadow of a doubt that you haven't forgotten about us. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. I, I don't know where you find yourself as we, as we enter into this Advent season. Things might be perfect, and like there's no drama in your family, and there's just like, there's no issue with your job, you got your dream job and everything's good. I got a feeling that's not most of us, right? If you're a student, you already got all straight A's and you're not trying to learn an entire semester worth of stuff in the next week before final starts. <clears throat> that was me, usually. Um, but it doesn't mean, like, where we find ourselves is exactly where God wants to reveal His realness. Because I approach God and, and, and with all of my struggle, with all of my sin, with all my hardship, with all of my own anxiety, all of my own fear. And what do I do? I look at God and I say, God, I need you to be real for me now. Like, I, I need you to rend the heavens, like that whole thing that Isaiah is talking about for the people and for the Jewish people and for like the people of your covenant. Well, I need you to do it for me. Because I'm struggling. I, I need you to do it for me because I know somebody that's sick, that's really close to me, and I don't know how to handle that, and it's overwhelming. I need you to do it for me because this is my first time going through the holidays without somebody that I really love, and I don't know what to do with that. I need you to do it for me because I'm just struggling. I don't have a rudder right now. I don't have a direction. God, you, you need to prove to me that you're real. That you're not just an imaginary friend. A vending machine, three Hail Marys, and give me what I want. <laughs> the way for us to allow God, the, the way for us to open our hearts so that the Lord can reveal to us how real He is, is by going to Him. Guess what? We're, we're, God's never going to be able to prove that He's real if all we do is scroll on a phone this Advent season. God's never going to be able to show us how real He is if we're more concerned about what four teams are going to make the college football, team, college football playoff this afternoon or if the, that the Saints are going to probably not win again. Like, if we're more worried about those things, guess what? Then God's not going to be able to prove how real He is. At what point during this Advent season... Am I giving God the space to show me that He's real? Because He can't compete with the distractions of the world. I'm not going to give Him the attention if I'm, more, if I'm more focused on the things of the world. So it begs the question, how are we preparing 
this Advent season? Like, like, are we past Advent already? Are we already, like, waiting, like, at Christmas? I'm not going to, if this is you, I apologize. I'm not trying to judge. But, like, are you already got the tree up, the Christmas stuff, like, all out, like, walking around with the big mug, hot chocolates, and, like, oh, my goodness, right? Like, are you doing that? Or are we, like, actually at a spot where we're preparing for the space, preparing the space in our heart to receive a person at Christmas? Because if we don't prepare, then what we're going to do is, is we're going to go right into Christmas, and we're going to gift exchange, we're going to smile, be excited, take the, take the matching pajama picture, right? Like we're going to do all those things, and it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be great, and by January, we're still going to wonder, well, is God real? What was different this Christmas than any other? My encouragement to all of us this Advent is that we actually do Advent well. That we, that we give God some space every day to actually speak to us. So, like, what, what are some of the things that we could do? Like, uh, when's the last time you went into an adoration chapel? When's the last time you broke open a Bible? When's the last time that you prayed a, prayed a rosary? When's the last time that you came to a daily Mass? I'm not trying to guilt anybody into it, but I think it's important for us, if we want to give God the space, we, we need to do something different. Because if come Christmas, we just blow through it and it's an event and there's no person, then, then at some point we're going to start to question all of the stuff that we do in the faith, like why do I go to church on Sunday? Why is it that I'm supposed to do this? Why is it the church says this? It's just going to be a bunch of empty rules and ritual. But there's a person that's coming to meet us, y'all. And he's real. There's a person that this morning as we celebrate this Mass is coming to meet us and he's real. And he's, he's so in love with you, he's so in love with me, that he not only wants to just come and meet us, but he wants to come and enter into our life, into the condition where we find ourselves right now. May this Advent, as we, as we continue to prepare, as we continue to walk through this journey of these next four weeks, that we start to make space for Him. This is a real person that is, in, that, that is madly in love with you. And He's willing to take an eternal step from heaven to this altar to meet you. And this morning He will. And this morning He's going to enter into wherever you find yourself. Anxiety, fear, sadness, hurt, joy, and excitement. And he wants to prove how real he is. God's done it over and over again in the scriptures. He's revealed himself over and over again in the scriptures. May our prayer this morning be very simple. Do it again. Just do it again. For me, God, I need you. Do it again. May this Advent we come to meet a real Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down and prove how real you are. Amen.